0: Welcome to In The News, Conversations Around Security, a new and dynamic podcast where we dissect today's headlines through the critical lens of security risk management and where awareness meets analysis. Join us on the 1st and 15th of each month as we bring you a fresh episode packed with informative debates, expert analysis, and thought-provoking insights offering a nuanced perspective on the stories that shape our world. So buckle up and join us for a look at what's In The News, Conversations Around Security. Welcome to part two with our discussion about managing protests with retired Superintendent Bill Needles of the Toronto Police Service. Again, please like or subscribe, subscribe to our channel if you like what uh, what you hear, what you see. And without further ado, let's get back to part two.
1: But the, It's up to the chief and the deputies to make the strategic oversights that play right down to the street. So, well, so, they
2: do. Oh, I, I, I would just say, uh, uh, my perception, not as a police officer, but as a citizen, because I think you were just too kind, Bill. There certainly is political interference, and not just at the mayor's level, but at the uh, federal and provincial level.
1: And I, I, think- I, no, no one besides the chief can ever will ever know that. But you can have that again. There's perceptions and there's reality. He's going to take know. advice. I. He's not. He's bright. He's smart enough to take advice. After that, what he does with that, he confers and then delivers that strategic oversight.
0: No, I thought you were going to give him a rebuttal there. No, 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 no.
2: That's <laughs> yeah, the Go question, on. and then you're silent. Brother.
1: He doesn't have his coffee yet, so I don't want to. I don't. It was oh, I've had a couple. I've had a couple of coffees. I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, of course, people will make that that interpretation. Of course, the media is going to put their spin on how, you know, how the guy gave a coffee, that's a perception. They're going to say the chief directed that or this guy directed no, no. Like, I mean, the public order unit is the the most uh, solid teamwork that you'll ever experience in policing. But at the same time, we don't control the minds and sounds of, of every officer on the ground.
0: It basically, from the sounds of it, then, and it makes sense, obviously, but for our listeners, the commander has the authority to do what needs to be done to ultimately, as long as it's in the name of public safety, even if it goes against what that political will up here, whatever it is. And I think of Ottawa, right? Like they didn't step in, and then all of a sudden things changed. They brought in a new 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 chief and, and all of a sudden things sort of they did what had to be
2: done despite yeah, what the political. Actually, Ottawa's. I'm going to stir the shit here. Ottawa's oh, a great boy. example <laughs> of what I would suggest of political interference, because the police mm-hmm. didn't respond like they could. Like many think, they like could they could have. Yeah, thought. and I'm not blaming the police officers. You, you know, if, yeah, I, anybody... I'm going
1: to say yeah, maybe too slowly. Maybe made a couple of errors in the early stages, but. Once they settled down there, I th- I thought his destiny was was settled. Um, yeah. Do I do I really? From what I watched on TV there, do I think those police officers needed the the uh, um, emergencies act to do what they did? No, I, I, I agree. From yeah. what I saw, they they had the people on the ground. There was nothing the uh, and I know the incident commander who was in charge of the public order on the ground that day. Um, hey, he was he was my key partner in our Ontario Public Order Advisory Committee, and uh, I know exactly what he was thinking. And from what I saw, he played it out the best way he could, moving his assets, moving people quietly, gently, using using the unlimited amount of force that was required. Yeah. Um, and you know, they yeah, got listen- compliance.
2: It's not the police officers, it's not the police commanders, I believe, and you won't convince me otherwise, and Ottawa is a great example, it's the political interference, because if we would have allowed the police commanders and the tactical people, and the people that understand the reality deal with the situation, it wouldn't have come to what it came to. So I don't say for a second that uh, uh, our Toronto chief or any chief is in anyone's pockets, but there's incredible pressure that comes to bear
1: and that's 100% reality. pressure uh, every which way, every day of the week.
0: So that, that brings us to our fourth question that uh actually Mr. Clayman wanted to ask, so I clear that up because I know this might be difficult for you to answer, but in respect to the current protest, um, and we've seen them go, you know, we talked about it at the start where it was basically hands-off or appeared to be hands-off, they were allowed to do whatever they wanted. Again, this is all press-driven, but it's the public perception was that the the Palestinians were able to say what they wanted to do, do what they wanted to do, they were stopped in traffic, they were. Making threats, they're vandalizing businesses, you know, shooting up um, some uh, some um, synagogues. So some serious stuff was going on, and it appeared to the public like we're we're taking their malls, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly, and we were letting them do it. Now, in recent weeks, the police have certainly changed their tactics. They're starting to arrest people and and enforce the law and people again in people's opinions. Would you have done anything different, Bill, given your experience and and how those types of things fall out? Do you think well, something could have well, well, been uh, done better?
1: There, there are some. I and I haven't seen them all. I haven't obviously. I only see what what I see mostly on the news and and clippets of things here and there. But there was a couple of strategic things that I shook my head. I went, "Oh my God, no, don't do that." But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna relay them here because those yeah. are I think tactical ones that um i don't want to to give to to the public because that might be used against them on the ground i sure don't want to do that but there 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 are some things in the in the initial stages as things unfold and the dynamics of a group um, let me let me go back to the kosovo ones i mean the first two days emotions are running high and i and i'll equate them to this one as well the emotions are running really really high and it puts the police in a really predict, you know precarious position of how hot are the people now? And uh, the, you know, it's calmed down a little bit, It's cooled out a little bit, but it's still emotions are running high on both sides. And I don't I, and that's not unusual. So how do you deal with that? right? You have to speak to them, work with them, try and find the leaders of the groups, try and try and get some 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 production in there that you can say, we're working on trying to de-escalate the emotions. And if you can't de-escalate the emotions, Brian, that's where you go back to what's a, what's a riot squad, right? They are ready to go. They're, they're at full tilt, you know, on, on alert that things could go sour quickly in the initial stages. And what I saw from it was they handled it very well right you got you can you're getting yelled at you're getting screamed at you're getting spit at you're getting called all kinds of names and quite frankly they're hearing them uh, and do they like it no but are they reacting to it oh no better not because once you react to it that's what they're trained to hear they're they're trying to get called every name in the book um but the physical space we try to create that physical space that we can get that without you know any being in the realm of getting let's say spit at or hit it at or that, that that's where we try to do that i would i would have done a couple of tactical differences there maybe at the beginning but it's not that easy that to just to, to, to change the pace now when they're moving around the city you really you really can't do much right you, you know that i'm sure the strategy was to let them go where they want to go that's become the toronto strategy i remember back in the day we would fight to keep young street clear no protests on young street we let one go it's gone right and then it's you let them go why can't we go so it's now pretty much wide open all right. And, and they like to start from the three main places, Toronto city hall, the U S consulate and Queens park. And they like to make that round because it's pretty, pretty good round. And they, and they'll stop at anyone. And now they've taken young Dundas square and I'm not crazy about the new name and I'm not going to call it that. So I'll say it's still young Dundas square um, until they re- rename it officially. Uh, and even then, I don't think whatever, but uh, so they like those positions, that they go around and 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 quite frankly, um, when they're moving, it's pretty hard. The numbers are high. The not the, the again, the, how much damage are they doing on on the streets there? We can't keep an eye on it all. We get to clean up the pieces, maybe look at video later, and then try and identify. You know what? What are the repercussions of doing something? What's the repercussions of going and getting that individual who you just saw throw a rock at the, over your head to the other side, and you know it hit somebody. W- okay? I'll go get him or her. What does that create? That may create more trouble than that's worth. though unfortunately, you'd love to, uh, you know, we'd love to say we're going to go arrest that person. So now what the public order teams are trying to do is identify the individual. Through, through imaging, and then pass that imaging on back to other investigators who at some point in time may be able to find that individual, and that's what's been going on daily since. There's investigations ongoing const- constantly to try and arrest people on either side, any side, both sides that make, um, make criminal intent. So you've seen, uh, you know, a few of the arrests lately that have come out. That's strictly from the good investigative work that's they're trying to do in the background, and we did a lot of that in G twenty. And I'm sure there's a an investigative team here that's working as diligently as some of them are in G twenty to to work on 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 criminal uh, investigations.
2: Uh, well, I'm going to say though again, uh, with perception, uh, I think it was initially a missed opportunity at G twenty. It was clear that you couldn't arrest people at the time, but it was also clear the chief and the command made it very clear that we're coming for you. And they spent months and months and they extradited people out of the States to bring them back to Canada. They made it clear Toronto, this go around was a little bit slow. They did it, but they didn't tell anyone the first few weeks. And that caused a lot of the angst thinking, I'm going to put you six feet under. I understand that it was probably tactically not possible to go after that guy at the moment, because it would have created a riot, and I get it, but we should have said, or if I was the police chief, that we will not accept this type of lawlessness, and we will investigate to identify the person. That was a miss. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. Even I make mistakes, believe it or not, you know, and I think the chief admitted, and, and I have a lot of respect for him, that you know what, maybe we didn't do things the way we needed to do it, but we're going to do them now, and I've got all the confidence in the world in the chief
1: yeah and and you know what it's it's this is not a planned event brian so it's up now right I agree. so those those kinds of comments are catch up. back in the day i remember uh, chief blair come come when he was chief come right out and said we're gonna get you chief demq's done the same now okay a little bit later and maybe not at the right time um you know for some groups but it's being done and we're doing both and it's both sides are now on notice and and quite frankly some arrests have taken place yeah. some some good arrests
0: yeah that's a good that's a good place to i think tidy this up and end it um because at the end of the day we want to catch the bad guys the only one comment i'm going to add, uh, add bill because you sort of reminded me young street g20 what happened there i think the one thing that uh, often gets overlooked in these conversations is the role of the private sector and how they can help you guys do your job better. The police Wow! Uh,
1: wow. You know- yeah, absolutely, Lutz. I mean, look at just going back to G20, and I'm I'm sure that some of that's underway now. Uh, again, trying to catch up to the investigation as it goes. But for G20, we worked with uh, both, and that's where I met you, you two, yeah. you and and the other the other the other guy there but but we used to we used to have a lot of meetings with as you were property managers back then we used to have a lot of meetings to discuss this and they, i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get it again yeah well, don't nothing yeah you, you <laughs> sort of let him up let him he's gonna <laughs> hit me about his windows and and that was a you know a thing but but you know it's we had a lot of discussions pro con up down around, and what should what should we do? What will the police do for you and how can you help the police do their job better? And you were super super, you know, the taps organization as it was then, right working with the community and the police to try and make the best response for your your people on the yeah. ground in the public sector sorry the yeah. private sector
0: that's that's all I was gonna. Add their bills like you said, the windows. Okay, we could talk about those windows. But at the end of the day, they knew it was coming, right? And if the business really wanted to protect the building, put up some plywood, right? Like help the police be able to do their job without having to worry about something else. That's all I'm saying. You go into a room that's full of glass, and now you're worried about the room because it's full of glass. But if we put plywood over that room, now you have to only worry about the people in the room, right? Like that's yeah. there's a role that 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 I think private sector people businesses often overlooked and that is the assumption that police are going to do everything for you they're there to take care of the issue everything else around that issue is your baby you need to take care of it
1: yeah and and even planning for that uh, I asked for more assets than I was available that were available for me in the the country right I thought I needed more public order and it turns out I did but (laughs) I, I found out the hard way on on the Saturday when they came for the fence and they the pretty wide uh, pretty big fence line and yeah. I had to take all the extra assets that I had um, and put them on the street and then once I did that I just sat back in my chair and went I'm done because I've exploited all my assets and that's when they turned on a dime and, and uh, they said let's go get Mr. Clayman's windows and you know they went through the financial district and did the damage that they did and right up Young Street and through and right across and uh, I, the, you know headquarters as well lost all their windows so I mean so I mean it was uh, and by the time I could get any assets free to go chase them because I didn't have enough but uh, uh, anyway so the-
2: to be clear Mr. Clayman's windows I think that you and your colleagues did an incredible job and the windows could be replaced I think uh, you, guys- I you guys did an incredible job
1: and Again, that. <laughs> perception, um, yeah. you know, Chief Blair defended himself off for, for mon- months after that because uh, the perception was, a do you know, a couple of people. Anyway, You can't stop them all, man. It so could have been a lot
2: worse. Just before you close, I'm just going to ask one quick question, maybe a quick you answer. You never have
1: one quick question, Brian. <laughs>
2: Given all that's happening in the world, the world's getting to be a crazier place. What happens in the world happens in Toronto. We just finished a new budget where the police are concerned they don't have enough resources. We've talked a lot about it on this podcast. Do we have enough resources, in your opinion, Bill, to deal with the, the the forget about the day-to-day policing, but these protests, the social disorder things that are present in the city and will come in the future?
1: Well, uh, um, as Toronto gets more and more diverse and as you start to see the influx in addition to immigration, what you get in in the city as diverse as Toronto, um, and, and this is the seat I sat in as the public order commander was, you have to be aware of every group, every dynamic, every political persuasion as the population in Toronto, when you tear it apart and say percentages wise, is probably the number one or number two population of whatever you want to ask. Uh, whatever whatever country you want to talk about is either the second or third. Either maybe a bit more in New York, a bit more here. But when you talk about population diversity, Toronto is the number two, one or two, of uh, whatever population, whatever country, whatever faction you want to talk about in the world. So as the world turns, Toronto hiccups. And we saw it, we've seen it from um, the Kosovo demonstrations at the U.S. consulate through the, the major Tamil disruptions in 2009. And now you're seeing a lot of it. It's coming up again, right, between the two factions of the Israeli-Hamas conflict uh, there. And now what other what other ones are building up? So are any other, you know, factions in the world going to, to get dynamic so to say and we won't even talk what chief demke is trying to throw is a 22 minutes for a response for for a frontline response car um let's talk the support to what needs to be done for these so-called disruptions political disruptions around the world the public order unit is is probably now knowing what's going on probably trying to get their breath they probably don't have enough um, you know people, which means they don't probably can't keep them those people trained and equipped. They don't have time to do any of that. So I mean, the answer is probably no, Brian. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not gonna say I know enough about what's going on. I just keep a little bit of a distance to it, but I'm gonna say the the ability for Toronto Police Service to maintain this level of response to major events such as this, I'm going to say they're probably behind the eight ball trying to play catch up. And with that budget, I can only see it getting worse before it gets better.
0: Okay. With that, let's close this uh, podcast off. Before we do that, Bill, uh, I know you've been busy. You're, you're retired from policing, but you're not retired. You're keeping yourself busy with some emergency management uh, training. I know you're big into IMS. What are you doing these days? Uh, If you can share with the audience, where can they find you? So I,
1: I still I still love these uh, public order and security type, you know, interventions. But, yeah, I have I did kind of shift into emergency management. So uh, I, I have my GTA emergency management consulting group, and then uh, we've we've just launched a new emergency tips ca so assuming that's now putting emergency management plans and learning management system online for companies t- to uh, help themselves be prepared for emergencies and uh, as they as you retire those who can't teach so i'm teaching emergency management at both centennial college and george brown so i've got my hands full um probably busier now than no i'm not busier now than i was i could see the public order piece was um uh, kept me a lot busy on the streets and preparing and planning and doing the things in the back room that needed to be done. So yeah, I'm busy. And Good. you know, I, I, I try to keep up with Mr. Clayman. Um, It's not easy. And I know you're, you're well engaged these days, Looch too. So uh yeah, that's about what I'm up to these days.
0: That's you great. Can, it definitely doesn't sound like retirement. It sounds like
1: just like uh, not, not anytime soon. I, I think I'm still going, well, still going strong.
0: I've got a student who can use your help. It's <laughs> a bit of a problem, child, but I'm sure you could help him oh, out. Oh,
1: <laughs> you know, I'm not going to mend. I'm not going there.
0: All right. Well, listen, thank you, Bill. We always appreciate you sharing your thoughts and his, uh, wisdom, insight. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like that term expertise, but you are an expert in your in your field. You've You've done it all. You've seen it all. Um, and we've always respected you as, as a professional and your willingness to help others shed some light on, on some of the challenges in life. So with that, I'm going to sign off. I'll turn it over to you two to say goodbye. And that'll be it until next time, folks. Uh, I will say
2: man. this again, but Bill is the consummate expert. He is the godfather of emergency management. And this is going to kill me to say I've learned a lot from him. So, Bill, <laughs> thanks a lot for your support oh and friendship. My. <laughs> in, you
1: know, well I, I mean what, what i always say I, I i'm here to learn still and i've learned i've learned from you too as well and you know it's uh it's nice to be able to have that conversation i know i'm still politically correct in a lot yeah. of a lot of portions because i still believe that if i were to say too much yeah um public order Officers of Toronto police officers might get hurt, and I just don't want. To, I yeah, will not, wants that. I will not go there. So I'm, I'm saying they've they've been doing a, a pretty good job, really good job yeah, dealing great. with this this issue. And uh, I keep I wish them all the safetyness, safety and health with their families to so get the time they want and the rest they can, because it's, it's not going to be slower tomorrow. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And thank yeah. you, sir. Both of you.
0: All right, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye now.
1: Bye now.